and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castro. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, the time has come. It is Mock Draft plus Obi-Wan. Fantastic stuff. You know what, Adam? Today has just been a sensational day. <laughs> I know. Jalen it's been such a sensational day. I honestly, whoa, I thought that the Knicks were going to be the one team in New York are going to sign Jalen Brunson. Everyone was going to laugh at us for breaking the fucking bank for him. Blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. And we're, we're not even the talk of the fucking town right now. It's great. It's yeah. fucking great. <laughs> how's how's Jake doing, by the way? Is he um, is he okay? I have I have sent on uh, wellness officials to go check on Jake. Um, so far, no word back at this time. Oof, that is rough. So I I did talk to him today, and he's obviously not thrilled by um, these developments, and. He was thinking he was going to get Devin Booker back. <laughs> and then when Devin Booker signed to Supermax, oh, there goes that. <laughs> Why would Devin Booker go to play for that team? No fucking idea. <laughs> he seems very oh, happy in Phoenix. I don't, don't understand. Worry, don't worry. Nick Claxton and Patty Mills are back. Oh, don't worry. Oh, don't and, worry. They're good. Oh, wait, he, they're going to have Ben Simmons. Oh, Ben Simmons, the savior. Ben Simmons in half a season of Kyrie Irving. Oh, Kyrie's not coming back there. Kyrie's going to trade it too. Oh, they're God. both leaving. They're both leaving. Kyrie is probably so pissed off. He didn't find out about this yesterday. Well, I thought that Kyrie opting in was what caused Kevin Durant to demand a trade or request a trade. No, no. He, Kevin Durant just wanted out. It's like, fuck this. I'm done. Well, because him and Kyrie want to play together again. They just want to play together in Brooklyn. They want to play together, but, you know, that totally worked out so well. I mean, what a waste of talent. They had all the talent in the world. That was me today. Just sitting back, eating my popcorn, loving all of it. Num, 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 num. And drinking, having a nice, cool, cold refreshment chilled with ice of Nets fans' tears. It was beautiful. Absolutely exquisite stuff. So exquisite that we've gone completely risque tonight. And I am literally doing this podcast in a bathrobe. Granted, I'm also exhausted. It's also 930. I want to die. Not really. Not really. I'm just exhausted. My bed is calling my name and I just couldn't be asked to get into professional clothes. So here I am. Well, that's quite the visual, but uh, I mean, now I think. Nets oh, fans don't worry. Are... Don't worry. I have pants on. I have pants on. Don't, don't, okay. don't worry. Don't worry. Now I think uh, Nets fans know how Calgary Flames fans feel and, you know, other teams that are like, what if this happened What with the what if scenarios? Because what if Kevin Durant's foot was just a little bit over the three-point line against Milwaukee? Would this scenario have happened? Probably not. 
I mean, the Nets have made an Eastern Conference No, because Conference the Nets final. would have won a championship. Yes. The Nets would, have, Nets would have went to the finals. They would have won. Yeah. I don't know. Would they have beaten Phoenix? Probably. Yeah. Yes, they would have beaten the Suns. Adam, you're going to tell me that they wouldn't have beaten the Suns? Mm, yeah, no, they would have beaten the Suns. They would have beaten the Suns. No, no disrespect to Devin Booker. No disrespect. Because Devin Booker's a bad man, and I wanted him on the Knicks. And that's not going to happen. But an old man, Chris Paul. An old man, Chris Paul. Yes, yes. Shout out, shout out, Chris Paul. Kevin Durant is the best basketball player on the planet. Well, at that time, he was on a heater to end all heaters. Oh, he still is. He still he's gonna go. He's gonna go somewhere. And he's gonna make a team infinitely better. Well, it'll be like Kawhi, basically. He'll just he, take a, a team to another level. Different, different level. Well, it'll be like Kawhi going to Toronto. I guess it would be like, yeah, just taking that team to another level. Really? Yes, but even more so. Yeah, I'll be very curious to see where he ends up. Very, very, very curious. I, the first spot that I said right away was Miami. That that was the spot that jumped right off the page. But I don't know. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to do it. Just come across town, Kevin. Just take the subway. Derek Rose, Julius Randle, Evan Fournier, Emmanuel quickly, and uh, two first round picks. Sure. Yeah. Sure. The next starting five will be vacant, 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 vacant. Kevin Durant, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett. Hey, uh, Adam. Do you think? Uh, do you think Kevin Durant regrets not coming to the Knicks? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Oh, today is just a beautiful, beautiful day to be alive. It really is. Happy June thirtieth to you, everybody. Happy June thirtieth to you, Adam. May God bless you. Happy June thirtieth. All right. Well, I have one quick question for you, Bird. Before and we I head have one in. quick answer for you, Adam. Okay. So this might be stupid and hear me out because I've never seen this happen in this sport from, from a fantasy perspective. And I was wondering if there are leagues that do. So you know how in baseball and basketball and hockey, you have rotisserie leagues yeah, where you have, you know, players or, you know, you go to head to you go head to head against somebody and it's all based off of categories and whoever wins the most categories, whoever has the most points, rebounds, assists, or goals, yep. or points, or fights, mm-hmm. or penalty minutes, or whatever. Why doesn't football do? Does football have an option for that? Have you ever seen a league do uh, fantasy football roto style? Um, they they have tried to do it. Like they've tried to to implement it like they've there have been people that in the past have tried to like run a fantasy um categories league of sorts um but for some reason it just hasn't caught on in fantasy football like it has in the nba like it has with the nhl like it has with major league baseball major league baseball i mean roto is the most popular format in Mm -hmm. uh fantasy baseball so as to why it hasn't caught on with football. It, it honestly is a great, it's a great question as to why it hasn't caught on. I don't, I don't have the answer for that necessarily as to why it hasn't caught on. Like, are there, 
are there leagues that have tried this? Uh, yes. Yeah. It, it, it has. Like, they, they've done it based on um, offensive, defensive, special teams. It really – you could do it in IDP to, like, a diff, like a very, like, nth degree. Like, you can have – Tackles, um, interceptions, sacks. Passing yards, rushing yards, um, receiving yards, touchdowns, tackles, interceptions, sacks, uh, extra points made, field goals made. You can, you you definitely can. Um, but I think part of the problem is you, like, let's just take quarterback, for example, right? You can't really improve on you can't really improve your positions like let's just say someone dressed josh allen right josh allen more than likely is going to lead the category in passing yards you would think you would think let's let's just you know say the only way that i think categories would actually work is if you have a starting lineup where you're fielding two or three quarterbacks you're fielding a bunch of running backs. You're fielding a bunch of wide receivers and you're basically starting X amount of guys. That's the only way that I could really see it working. Um, just because of like, like let's just take baseball. For example, over the course of the season, you can interchange your starting pitchers, right? So you're in, in Roto, you're accounting for your wins. You're accounting for ERA and you're accounting for saves and each strikeouts. Also yeah, strikeouts too. Strikeouts too. Yes. I don't know if I said strikeouts, but yes, strikeouts too. And each team has five starters. So you really, if you're, if you're allowed to start, I think the number is 200 or 260 starts or something like that. I, I, I forget off the top of my head, but say you're allowed 200 starts for, for the year, you're, you, you could pick and change every other day. Like you're, you're good. Um, plus, honestly, I think, you know, if there was a roto sort of style with fantasy football, I don't think it would be as fun, personally. I can see that because I think the the volatility isn't there like you would with head to head points. And I think, you know, as I was as you were talking, I was thinking like, you know, probably one of the reasons why um, roto doesn't work as well for fantasy football is because you're only playing once a week, and I think it works better for like like the NBA, like the NHL where you're, or baseball, where you're playing either like two, two to five games or two to seven games over a certain game week where yeah, it makes more sense. Period and it's more yeah. of a daily sort of, you know, you're it checking. makes more sense to aggregate that sort of stuff as opposed right. to making it based purely on points. Correct. Correct. But I was just wondering, cause like, you know, it's one of those things where you just don't see it at all. No, no, very leagues. rarely, very rarely do you actually uh, see it. And, and quite honestly, I don't know anybody that does run a, a categories league for for football. That's me being honest. I don't. All right. Well. Uh, oh, actually, did uh, Face Pros always have a dynasty option for mock drafts, or is that yeah. new? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've always had dynasty, a, a dynasty option. I was wondering. Anyway. So uh, let's get into the mock draft. And we are in full point PPR, snake draft, 10-team league, 
one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, uh, one flex, one defense, one kicker, seven bench spots. One of these uh, days yeah. we'll do a super flex uh, draft, I think. Yes. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely enjoy that. Um, okay, so we've we've done it one from what? We've done it from the five and one from the ten. I think so. I don't remember all that. I well. think it was the five and the ten. I'm I'm pretty sure. I know we do it from the ten for sure. Um, so let's just say if we get the ten, we'll go again. I don't know if we do it from the five. I have to look. I think we, I think we did. I think now that you're saying it, I kind of remember. I'm pretty sure that we did. I'm pretty sure that we did. All right. So we'll say five and 10. We'll go for it from another spot, but uh, we'll do, we'll do this. Uh, we're doing a 10 team league. I don't know if you said that, Adam. I did. Um, so, yeah. So perfect. All right. Let's randomize the spot and we are going seventh. Whoopie dee doo da. I really am not a huge fan of that. Of the seventh pick. No, there are three spots I don't want to have in a draft this year. It's six, seven, and eight. Just because that's a pretty uh, a pretty tricky sort of spot. But I'm pretty happy about this, actually. I'm, yeah, I'm feeling good about this. So uh, the draft order is as follows. Jonathan Taylor went first. Christian McCaffrey went second. Austin Eckler, three. Najee Harris, 104. Cooper Cup. 105, Justin Jefferson, 106. Can you tell this is in full point PPR? I can tell this is in full point PPR. And we are on the clock. Uh, My best player here is Derek Henry. Yeah, why not at this point? This is unrealistic. I don't think Derek Henry is going to make it to seven. Um, He could. He could. Um, It would, would, yes, it would require Justin Jefferson. Uh, One of the Minnesota guys would have to go over him. And Cooper Cup for him to make it to seven. It's possible. It's possible. But is it unrealistic? Possibly. I think a lot of people are going to be like, you know what? I'm going to go with the safe bet and pick Derrick Henry early. Even if- yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine by the time we get to we get to August, uh, Derrick Henry will be comfortably um, sitting inside the top four or five picks. Like, if let me just check. Uh, the current ADP on NFC, by the way, uh, go check out uh, NFC. So NFC, I'll do it in the last two weeks. So Derrick Henry is going eighth. Interesting. That is very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Let's see, let's see if it changes if I, do, if I do the last month. Maybe that's a better. No, still eighth. Very, very interesting. Who are the, what's the top 10 on NFC? So it's Jonathan Taylor at one, Christian McCaffrey at two, Austin Eckler at three, Cooper Cup at four, Najee Harris at five, Justin Jefferson at six, Jamar Chase at seven, Derrick Henry at eight, Dalvin Cook at nine, Devontae Adams at 10. Interesting. Well, that's a little different than... Uh, our draft currently, and we, we'll get into that real quick. But uh, yeah, Leonard Fournette went at the 108, Dalvin Cook at the 109, Joe Mixon at the 110, Travis Kelsey at the 201, Aaron Jones at the 202, and DeAndre Swift at the 203. Some things jump off at the page or jump off the page at me. Leonard Fournette over Dalvin Cook, Travis um, Kelsey. 
Jamar Chase making it this far. I mean, I am also lower on Chase. I have Chase as my 12th overall player, and we're sitting here at 14th overall. So it's not – I don't want to say it's unrealistic this scenario could play out this way, that Jamar Chase – like Jamar Chase will go in the top 15. There's no doubt about it. But if he's going to go – if he goes like 2-2, 2-3, 2-4, that wouldn't surprise me uh, at all. As for Fournette, yeah, it's a little bit of a surprise, but don't be surprised if he's taken in this in this spot as a top 15 pick in drafts just because of the need for fantasy managers to want to lock up their running backs, especially early on and especially for teams that are going to be in the back end of round one that know they're going to have a whole cycle to go of sitting and waiting for potential running backs. So I would not be surprised to see a huge run of running backs, especially in the back end of the first round where Leonard Fournette could potentially go. And there'd be some surprises in this range. And also considering that Alvin Kamara is facing that suspension, it only could push Leonard Fournette up and make his selection in the top 13, 14 picks all the more likely, but it's surprised that he went over the likes of Dalvin cook, Joe Mixon, uh, Aaron Jones, Deandre Swift, who, if I am not mistaken, I have I have Cook higher than him. I have Mixon higher than him. I I do have Kelsey higher than him. I have him higher than Aaron Jones, and I have Swift higher than him. So I'm higher on every single player that went after Fournette, except for Aaron Jones, who I who I love. I love Aaron Jones. Well, yeah, you're he's a he's an 80 catch guy or whatever you 90. said. 90, 90 catch guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has the potential. Uh, yes, has the potential to to do that. I could okay. I could even I could even double down further and say 100. <laughs> okay. Uh I'm kind of annoyed that you know we didn't get one of the like we have Derrick Henry obviously, but I wish that we would have gotten um you know another solid running back here because really i mean nick chubb will be here maybe saquon will be here or in the in round three so maybe we should just go for jamar chase at the moment. i actually think this is a very good experiment of going running back receiver and just kind of just kind of seeing what this team kind of does um but yeah I, i'm i'm good with chase i have chase chase is my um let me see. So my best available player here is Diggs. I have Diggs higher than Chase. So do you want to go Diggs or Chase? Uh, if you're going based off of my ranks, I would take Diggs. If you want to take Chase, I have no problem with it. Okay, let's take Chase. Okay, done. All right. So, okay. Well, I All apologize right. for jinxing us. So, uh, Devontae Adams went at the 205. Mark Andrews went at the 206. Alvin Kamara went at the 207. CD Lamb at the 208. Stefan Diggs at the 209. Saquon Barkley at the 210. Debo Samuel at the 31. Mike Evans at the 32. Uh, Javante Williams at the 303. Nick Chubb at the 34. Dave Montgomery at the three five and Tyree kill at the three six. 
All right, so we're on the clock. I think this it's kind of a good thing too, because I mean, if we're looking at the team right now, uh, we don't have an issue with buys, which is good. Um, we're kind of going receiver here, and for me, let me just have a look here at my ranks, see who my highest ranked receiver is here. I believe it is Keenan Allen. I just want to double check. Yeah, it, it is Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has a top 20 player in full point PPR. So I like for, that. For me, based on the ranks, I would say Keenan Allen is the pick here. Yeah, he was great for us last year. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have no issue with Keenan Allen. We're looking at the likes of Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, Kyle Pitts, T. Higgins, uh, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott. I think I'm also banking on the fact that we're going to have a choice of James Conner, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Cam Akers. One of them is going to be there for us in round four, which, I mean, you you know who I'm probably going to want to take in round four. So, oh no, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see if he if he makes it there, and he does. He is there. All three of them made it. Yep, all three of them are. Here. We had a run on receivers. Uh, AJ Brown went at the 308. T. Higgins went at the 39. Deontay Johnson, 310. Michael Pittman, 41. Jalen Waddle, 42. Kyle Pitts, 43. I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I think we should take DJ. I think you said you're going to say we should take DJ Moore. Absolutely not. I'm kidding. It's Game Makers. Well, this could have been an interesting experiment. It would be a very interesting experiment if we had taken Diggs and then right here take Josh Allen. That's true. We would have had the Diggs Allen stack. Mm-hmm. That could have been a very interesting, um, very interesting little play. It's cool. We'll have the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase stack. We could do that. We could do that. We can uh, we can queue up Joe Burrow. Or but if you want Justin Herbert again, we could also do Justin Herbert. Yeah, there are there there's two potentials for a stack here, with Herbert and with Burrow. Um, but you know who I want. I don't. I don't need to say it twice. Yeah, might as well. I don't blame you. Yeah. All right, we'll go Cam Akers. My beautiful, beautiful, beautiful boy. Love him. Great guy. All right. Josh Allen went at the four five. Brandon Cooks at the four six. DJ Moore at the four seven. Hollywood went at the four eight. Hollywood. His teammate, James Conner, went at the 4-9. DK Metcalf went at the 4-10. Terry McLaurin went at the 5-1. Allen Robinson went at the 5-2. Ezekiel Elliott, I know. Ezekiel Elliott at the 5-3. I can make a promise to you that Ezekiel Elliott will not be there. In Well, let me just take a look where he's going right now. One, two, three. He's going at the round four turn. Uh, the round if, if Ezekiel you get Ezekiel Elliott in round five. Oh my uh, god, just congratulations! I mean, that's that's just stupid value. It should just engrave your name on the trophy right there. I mean, geez, you never win your trophy at the you never win the league, at, you never win the league at the draft, Adam. But that's, you do lose it at the draft, you lose as, it at the draft. And taking Ezekiel Elliott in round five, you can't lose your draft uh, with that. No. Um, Amari Cooper at the 5-4, Josh Jacobs at the 5-5, and Antonio Gibson at the 5-6. So where are we looking here? Well, if we look at the team right now, Derrick Henry, Cam Akers, Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen. 
we could do basically anything that we want. And if we look at the tight ends that are here, Darren Waller is here. George Kittle is here. Dalton Schultz is here. By the way, love Dalton Schultz uh, finally breaking into the uh, the top of the non-top five tight end uh, section here. Absolutely love it. That's beautiful. That's poetry. Um, I, I mean, look. I don't love the running backs here. I'm not a fan. I'm not really a huge fan of ETN. I'm not a huge fan of Brees Hall. I've kind of cooled a little bit on JK Dobbins and I've kind of cooled a little bit on Elijah Mitchell. Um, I, I just kind of think though, it's important that we do get ourselves a running back here. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to force it either. So it's kind of a little bit of a pickle in terms of what we're going to do. Um, let me just look here and see who I would have the highest. That's not, that's not named Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes. So the highest that I would have here is, I believe it is. Yeah. It's JK Dobbins would be the highest for me. And then also, um, Michael Thomas, I have uh, pretty high here as well, but. I just think taking the running back here is way more important for the overall construction of the team. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, this is the point where nobody's perfect. Like you're not, if you're looking for somebody with no concerns at this point in the draft, they don't exist. Everybody here has like something where you're like, Oh, I don't know. So everyone has a little bit of a black eye here. Yeah. A little bit. So for me, I would I would take one of the running backs. It's, it, and for me, I have Dobbins the highest. Dobbins the highest, then it's ETN, and then it's Brees Hall. Oh, oh no, sorry. Brees. Sorry, no, it's Dobbins, Mitchell. Dobbins, Mitchell, ETN, Hall is how I have it. Interesting. So why are you – is it PPR? Is that why you're so high on ETN? Um, I mean, I have ETN at 56. So well, – the consensus okay, has so high, but just like, I don't know. Is it, I don't see it necessarily with ETN. Like he was, no, incredible. I don't, I don't, I don't see it either. I don't see it either. Incredible I, think, in college, I think 56 but, is low, but he had a season ending injury early in camp. We don't know what he, he's going to look like in the NFL at this point. This is basically his rookie. He took a red shirt. Yeah. He took a red shirt. So this is basically his rookie year again. Uh, but but yeah, I don't know. And he's going to be in a timeshare with James Robinson. So Travis Etienne is being drafted 35th overall right now. Oh yeah. So the public, the general public is higher on Etienne. Maybe I should be asking the, the general public. Why are you so high on Travis Etienne? I don't understand it. I don't understand. Listen, I, I like the talent. I do, but all signs are pointing towards James Robinson having a really significant role in this offense. Still, why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. At that yeah. point, he was great last year when given the opportunity. May I that's add? A, that's it's quite a big qualifier there. Yeah, when given the opportunity. <laughs> but yes, when given the opportunity, when not being fucked over by his coach. So yeah, I think. Um, I think Dobbins is the guy. 
Do you have a group chat named New York Yankees Support Group? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. It's one of my favorite my favorite groups. We 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 cried together, and we were also loving the whole Kevin Durant thing today. It's amazing. Um, oh well, I'm sure Jake is in that too. No, he's he, not. No, really? He's not. Nope. Well, he's a diehard Yankee fan, so I'm surprised. Now this is this is with my uh, my boys from home. Shout out, shout out, Huntington. Great people. Um, I'm saying JK. Let's go, JK Dobbins. All right, JK Dobbins. It is a reach. Oh, go fuck yourselves. A reach. Reach alert. Reach. Well, there's a 71% chance that he still would have been there. And there's a 29% chance that he was going to be gone. So, you know what? Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, yeah, no, I don't like it. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, Chris Goblin went to 5'8". George Kittle at the 5'9". Patrick, Patrick Mahomes went to 5'10". Travis Etienne went at the 6-1, Hunter Renfro at the 6-2, and Brees Hall at the 6-0-3. And we are on the clock. Um, I actually want to try something, Adam. Okay. I do want to try taking a tight end here. I want to try taking Darren Waller. Do you do you object? Um, what other tight ends are available? I mean, nobody on this like. It's Darren, it's Darren Waller and Dalton Schultz, CJ Hawkins, and Dallas Goddard. You know, for the sake of the experiment, I guess I'll agree with you, but I'd rather wait for Schultz. If I'm drafting here, I'd rather wait for Schultz because I, I agree. Know, I agree. I don't, I'm not as confident in Darren Waller as I was last year. Well, the other, the other option that we could do is take Michael Thomas. Oh, maybe we should take Darren Waller. Talk about players I'm not confident in. All right, so we'll take Darren Waller. Oh, Adam. Oh, Adam. Look who's here. Oh, you love to see it. My friend, Uh, my son. Well, two people that we very much enjoy the presence of. Because also, Elijah, give me, give me more. He's here. That is true. But before that, Colton Sun at the 6-5, Mike Williams at the 6-6, Justin Herbert at the 6-7, Rashad Bateman at the 6-8, Jerry Judy at the 6-9, Lamar Jackson at the 6-10, Michael Thomas at the 7-1, Dalton Schultz at the 7-2, Zach Ertz at the 7-3, Donald Mooney at the 7-4, Juju at the 7-5, and Elijah Elijah Mitchell at the 7-6? That's great. (laughs) That's great. Wow. All right, so we're up here. Uh, I'm, you know, we know who I'm going to vouch for. Well, I'm vouching for Elijah. Give me, give me more. I'm Elijah for Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, whatever. Well, it looks like we might have a buy conflict. So let's go with Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, my son. That should be a value pick. That's disrespectful. That's not son, a value pick. Ah, shit. We missed out on Burrow. Damn. Fuck. Your son, as in S-U-N? Not S-O-N? What? My son, God? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, we missed out on the stack. I'm so disappointed. That's a shame. So Jalen Hurts went at the 7-8. Tyler Lockett went in the 7-9. Elijah Moore, 
Sorry. Elijah, give me, give me more. That's 710. Thank you. Adam Thielen, great name. 801. Joe Burrow, 802. And Christian, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, 803. I like it. I like it for Kirk. I do. And, I mean, if you can get him round nine, round ten, I would love it even more. Um, but we are we are up. Do you like Gabriel Davis at the <laughs> in round eight? Uh, no. Not really. Uh, let's just see. Where is Gabe Davis? Gabe Davis is being drafted in the sixth round right now. Are you Jesus. serious? Zoss. That's oh, crazy. God. I... Let's just see what quarterbacks are here. Oh, there's still plenty of options here. We don't need to go and take Kyler right now. Even um, Aaron uh, Rodgers is available. We could wait until the end of the draft to pick a quarterback if we wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I, like da- I do like Damian Harris here a lot. I do like Damian Harris here a lot, but because we took Amon Ra, I won't take a Patriot. How about that? Okay. What about A.J. Dillon? Hmm. Uh, I I actually kind of like. Let me just see who I have higher. Do I have Miles Sanders or AJ Dillon higher? I have Miles Sanders higher. I have Miles Sanders higher, but I have Damian Harris higher than all of them. But we do have a buy conflict with Cam Akers. With Cam Akers, yeah, but. But we do have JK, who doesn't have a black conflict. So we're okay if we wanted to take Miles Sanders. It's not a huge deal. Hmm. Do you want to take Dylan? I'll take Dylan. Yeah, let's take Dylan. All right, we'll take AJ Dylan. That's fine. Oh, Adam, you pick. Can you believe it? You're welcome. Oh, I was afraid you weren't going to get one. Oh, but we got one. You're, you are welcome. AJ Dillon, you beautiful boy. Okay. So Devonta Smith went at the 805. Some asshole went at 806. Some guy, some dude. Great guy. Love him. Uh, it's Tom Brady. Fuck him. Gabriel Davis went at the 807. DeAndre Hopkins went at the 808. Kyler Murray went at the 809. Drake London at the 810. Traylon Burks at the 901 Cordero Patterson at the 92 Clyde Edwards Hilaire at the 903 Miles Sanders at the 94 Kareem Hunt 95 and Damian Harris at the 96 we were so close to having our cake and eating it too we were we were very 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 close um it gets a little bit bad here oof good god um I kind of like taking the option, having the option of Melvin Gordon or, K- or Kenneth Walker. It just depends on what, what we want. Um, if we're looking at, if we're looking at the team. We have three established guys already. I kind of like the upside of Kenneth Walker. Uh, I, I, I do, especially well, in round nine. I mean, why not? Considering the injury histories of both, I mean, Chris Carson might not ever play again. Yeah, and which is unfortunate, but. And Rashad Penny has glass bones and paper skin. So I think that Kenneth Walker might actually get a shot in Seattle. I do too, especially if the team is bad. Yep. If the team is bad, they have no reason to play Rashad Penny and they have every reason to play Kenneth Walker. 
I think it's a good pick. All right, let's take Kenneth Walker. Beautiful. Beautiful pleasure. Wow, James Cook in the nearly breaking the top 100. Love to see it. Alan Lazard, or as you like to say, Alan Lizard. Mr. Lizard, great guy. Mr. Lizard. At the 908, Devin Singletary at the 909. Chase Edmonds at the 910. James Cook at the 1001. Tony Pollard at the 102. And oh, you love to see it. Garrett Wilson at the 1003. Thank you. You're welcome. We took Brandon Ayuk. Yep. Well, I, I would say you, Jake. you took Brandon Ayuk. I had no input on this. That was for Jake. That we have a ro- <laughs> we have a rogue host. That was no. That was for Jake. That is a tri- that is a tribute to uh, to to Jake Sabone. I know he would love that selection of taking Brandon Ayuk. But in all seriousness, Brandon Ayuk in the tenth round, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. We need we need all the receiver help that we can get. Um, so yeah, it's not bad. Jake Simone and his burning hatred for Brandon Ayuk. We love hate relationship with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he's had he's had a bad day. I'm trying to make his day a bit better by taking Brandon Ayuk in a mock. T.J. Hawkinson went at the 10-5. Naeem Hines, <laughs> Hines went at the 10-6. Robert Woods went at the 10-7. Dak Prescott ah! or Dakota Rain Prescott. 10, ah, that's a value oh, pick. Rashad Penny at the 10-9. Kadarius Tony at the 10-10. Russell Gage at the 11-01. I like that a lot. Cole I like Komet. that a lot. Great upside there. This is an interesting one. Cole Komet over Dallas Goddard. Oh, that's fantastic. That's, that's music to my ears. Fantastic. No, you should be taking Dallas Goddard over, over Cole Komet. Um, but I do love Cole Komet. But Goddard, I have... Where do I have Goddard? Goddard, if I could find him in my ranks. Well, while you're doing that, Goddard, Cole I have Komet, six, Goddard, I have at sixty-one, and Colcomet, I have hundred and sixteen. So almost a sixty-spot difference between the two. So please take Dallas Goddard. Thank you. That is quite the difference. Big difference. Uh, so Colcomet went at the eleven oh two. Jace Claypool went at the eleven oh three. Melvin Gordon went at the 11-4. I like it. Damian Pierce at the 11-5. Oh, Damian Pierce. What a guy. And my boy, Michael Carter. Love to see it. 11-06. AK Mike over there. It's sure, a Twitter great guy. It's his Twitter handle. Anyway. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. I think we take a quarterback here. I think, I think so, too. You want to take Russ? Unless we're... Unless Bafford. we just double down on the tight end thing, but not really a need. Um, it was between Rogers, Stafford, and Wilson. And for me, I have uh, – who do I have the highest? I have it. Wilson, Stafford. Do I have Rogers higher? Yeah, I have Rogers the highest. Really? Yeah. I mean, it is Aaron Rodgers. I do have Aaron Rodgers the highest. And Matt Stafford – I mean, I like Stafford. I like Stafford. I also I also like Russell Wilson too, and then you know not not for nothing, but you know you're taking him in the eleventh round. It's kind of streamer territory, and not for nothing, he goes back to Seattle week one on Monday Night Football and plays Seattle Seahawks in Seattle with that terrible oh, defense. So yeah, 
yeah. he's he's gonna throw he's gonna throw seven touchdowns and five hundred yards. He might. So that could be someone that you look to target just to kind of have him week one, and then whatever happens after that, you just it's just gravy. So Russell Wilson, you're treating him like a defense essentially. Yeah, yeah. I'm tr- at this point, you're kind of banking on taking two quarterbacks, and you're playing the matchups every week. Um. So do you want to take Russ? Yeah, we'll take Russ. Okay. Oh, Adam, it's a steal! Can you believe it? <laughs> it's a steal! It is a steal. All right. Oh, that's great work. Oh, it's such great work. Alexander Madison at the 1108. It's not a steal. No, it's not a steal. Devontae Parker at the 119. Not a not steal, a steal either. either. Kenny Galladay at the 1110. That is absolutely oh, not a steal. That is whatever the opposite of a steal is. That's a reach. That's a reach alert. <laughs> that is a reach alert. <sighs> as the great, as the late Kobe Bryant once said at a press conference, that is a yoga level stretch. Mm, mm, yes. 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 Rest in peace. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson at the 12-1, Matt Stafford at the 12-02, and Michael Gallup at the 12-03. That might Matt Stafford in the 12th round might be a steal. It might be a steal. It might be a steal. So we are up. And hmm. Ooh, James Robinson, though. That could be a steal. It's appealing. But we, we already need, have. We need, we need a receiver, though. Yeah, we already have plenty of running backs. We need a receiver, and it's Jacoby Myers or Tyler Boyd. Very uninspiring. Uh, we Fuck the Chris. Pats, Tyler Boyd. We could go Chris Olave. Ooh, I kind of like that. Let's do that. I'm going with Olave. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Oh, look at it, but your boy, Dark Car. You, you love to see it. Huh. Oh, it's a value pick. Can you believe it? Thanks, Bird. You're welcome. <laughs> You're in a very giving mood today. Oh, we're about to talk about Obi Wan, and the Nets are no more. So it's fucking fantastic. It's a great day. JD McKissick went at the 1205. Jacoby Myers went at the 126. Dallas Goddard at the 127. Aaron Rodgers at the 128. Rojo, he will overtake Clyde Bird Solaire as a top 50 running back. Watch the space. Anyway, uh, <laughs> 12.09, Ronald Jones, the second. Sky Moore, 12.10. Jahan Dotson at the 13.01. Trey Lance at the 13.02. Dawson Knox at the 13.03. Pat, Pat Fryermuth at the 13.04. Kirk Cousins at the 13.05. Mike Kosicki at the 13.06. We drafted Derek Carr at the 1307. For you, Adam. Giving mood. Love to see it. Love Derek Carr. Justin Fields at the 1308. Tyler Boyd at 139. Christian Watson at the 1310. Actually, some asshole was drafted at the 1401. Not like I hate you because you're good. I hate you because you're an asshole. It's great value. He's not suspended yet. Yet. They just. Just wait. Yeah, I just finished up the hearing today, so any any level of suspension could come any day now. 
Yeah. And uh, James Robinson at the 1402 at Rashad White. Thank you. Rashad White at the 1403. I did not want to guess. I have no idea who that was. Rashad White. Yes. Rashad White. Uh, so we are, we are up. Um, oh, Corey Davis is available. Oh. Uh, do we just take the best receiver, the National Football League, Corey Davis? Oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, Value pick. Hey, Corey Davis is still available. I think we're still the National Football League. Uh, Darrell Henderson is who we took as yep, a handcuff. The handcuff to Cam Akers. Yep. Uh, Raheem Mostert at 1405. Tyler Algier. Go Cougs. Tyler Algier at the 1406. Jarvis Landry at the 147. James White at the 148. Jameson Crowder at the 1409. I used to love you. Used to. Uh, Albert O at the 1410. Albert O. What a guy. What a fucking guy. Yep. What a great guy. Isaiah Spiller at the 1501, Mark Ingram at the 152, Rondell Moore at the 153, Mac Jones at the 154, George Pickens at the 155, and Jamal Williams at the 156. And we are on the clock. Uh, yeah, we are on the clock. And I just think we take Corey Davis. Corey Davis, the best receiver in the National Football League. Best receiver in the National Football League. I completely agree. I'm surprised we didn't get a steal or a value pick. I completely agree. If I do, if I do say so myself. Uh, so Noah Fant went at the fifteen eight. Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett at the fifteen nine. Sony Michelle at the fifteen ten. Bucks defense, Bills defense, Chargers defense. We should take Justin Tucker. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. Uh, Niners defense, Colts defense, Broncos defense, Cowboys defense, Browns defense, Saints defense, Matt Gay. Scroll, scroll down, please. Yes, sir. I apologize. Matt Gay, Tyler Bass, Evan McPherson, Dylan Carlson, Ryan Suckup, Jason Sanders. We should take the Rams defense. Uh, sure. Why not? Then it went Harrison Bucker, Young Way Koo, and Greg Zerline. So the team. We had an 84. Finished. Yeah, it's a B. Yeah, it's, it's kind of how I feel about this team. It's, it's okay. There's some holes. Um, but it's a solid enough team. So the team that we have. Russell Wilson, running back Derrick Henry, Cam Akers, Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, Amon Ross St. Brown, Darren Waller, J.K. Dobbins, Los Angeles Rams defense, Justin Tucker, A.J. Dillon, Kenneth Walker III, Brandon Ayuk, Chris Olave, Derek Carr, Darrell Henderson, and Corey Davis. It's not a bad team. It's not a bad team. Definitely not a me team. Um, definitely a hole in that third wide receiver spot um, and at the flex spot, really. And the bench is very, very, very light, um, which I don't love. But um, outside of that, it's got a solid enough foundation. Uh, Derek Henry can win us some games just by himself. And, yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad team. It's not a this great is, team, but it's not a bad team. This is very much an upside team. Like you're banking on this team. This is like an everything needs to go right almost 
team for you to go deep in the playoffs. I mean, Almost. running back, running backs, not necessarily with Henry and Akers. And honestly, Jamar Chase and Keenan Allen are very good. But like everything else, it's kind of like you're really hinging on things to break your way where the floor isn't necessarily there with this team. It's pretty top heavy, to be honest yeah, with you. It's very top heavy. Very top heavy. And you need your stars to to just kind of produce. Because like if you get like a five point week from Derrick Henry or Cam Akers, and like maybe a like one of Jamar Chase's really down weeks, then you might be fucked. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And that's that's just how it goes sometimes. But I think that yeah, if we had to do this over again, we probably would draft more floor players. As well, it also shows you the importance of having uh, solid running backs. Yes. Just goes to show you those running backs are going to be very, very, very important. Uh, come, you know, when you're in your, when you're in your drafts. Yep, absolutely. And we saw that, especially in the first round where you had guys just tripping over each other to pick the top running backs. Yep. Agreed. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about Obi-Wan. I'm so excited. All right. So for all the people that have not finished the series, thank you for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. For my co-host, Adam Castor, I'm Ed Bird. So bye-bye. <laughs> you have... true. We're, get, we're getting into heavy spoiler territory here. Oh, this the, 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 spoiler, the spoiler alert button is being absolutely fucking slammed right now. So yep. for anybody who, uh, who does not wish to hear anything um yeah please turn off immediately so exactly how do you want to do this do you want to go episode by episode and just talk about the key things from each episode is that like the way that we want to do it i don't remember specifics from each episode because like i know i know how the series goes i just don't remember like which up ep- what happened in what episode okay so we, we just kind of have just a very generic then discussion about certain about certain things and uh and just kind of just kind of go from there. Yeah. So I want to know your initial thoughts on the series as a whole. Like what start to finish, what did you think about it? Um, the series as a whole, man. That's like that's a that's a hell of a way to just start the uh, start the conversation. But what did you think about the entire series? Um I, no, I honestly... well, overarching from like an overarching point of view, not even like Episode by episode, just overarching. What did you think of the whole, how it was done? Oh, I thought it was done brilliantly. I, I really thought it was a very, very, very good watch. Um, I thought the characters, you know, I'm not talking about Obi-Wan or, or even Anakin, Darth Vader, whatever you want to call it. I, I thought even the new characters were, were fantastic. I thought the third sister um, played by, I forget what her freaking name was. Uh, is it Moises Ingram? I think, I think is uh, her name. I have no idea what her name is. So, um, I think it's I think it is uh, Moises Ingram. Well, that's I'm a great performance. Sure. By yes, her. Moses Ingram. Yep, that's it. She played. She plays uh, the third sister. I, I thought she was great. Um, Rupert Friend, Grand Inquisitor. He was fantastic in the series. I thought you know for the uh, limited screen time that he did have, uh, given uh, his, I thought they killed him off in the first episode. And I was just like. You killed off Rupert Friend in the first episode. You killed the Grand Inquisitor in the first episode. Like, was it the first episode? I thought it was the second episode. Was it the 
Oh, it was the second episode. You're right. You're I'm right. like, really? The, you pay literally. I was like, you paid all this money to get Rupert Friend, and you just fucking murdered him. Right. <laughs> right. You get all this, but you you get Rupert Friend, and you just kill him right away. Um, but I thought he he was sensational in the series. Um, I actually, I have to say, I, I there were a lot of people who you know weren't necessarily a big fan of hers. I thought Young Leia was very very good. Really, what do people not like about Young Leia? She was awesome. I don't think I think that there are some people out there that were like, "Why did you put why what what was the need for Leia?" But people also understand, like if, if they go go back to New Hope, you have to build a why relationship. Is, why is Princess Leia sending a mess sending a message through R two D two for Ben Kenobi? Like, why why wouldn't he? Why would he be her only her only hope if they didn't have that relationship? From when exactly. they when she was a kid. This establishes that relationship and it establishes how Leia knows Ben Kenobi. It makes so much sense. And the, the plot hole of that was really really was established in you know when it, the series first came out with a new hope. People were like, okay, how does she how does she know Obi-Wan? And that never really was answered until until the series. And and now it it's super like super vague. It was like we it's fought super, together. Super the, vague, yes. But we fought now, together in the resistance or whatever the fuck. Right. And now we have a very concrete answer of how that relationship was. And I thought that was a really, really nice touch uh in in the series. Um but I mean we're we're really here to just talk about one thing and one thing only, aren't we? And that's Obi-Wan and it's Vader. I mean, wow. Before, before we get to though, your, your your thoughts about the series, Adam? Because I thought it was I thought it was really really good, and we all know that that Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars film, and this really was an extension of Revenge of the Sith. So I liked it. I liked that it was kind of it filled in a lot of blanks on what was going on in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. It gave more depth to previously established characters. I thought that it started off a little slow for me. We're like, there just wasn't a lot of action to start. And obviously you want to, you know, build up something and establish these characters a little bit, but yeah, it just started off a little slow for like a six part mini series. I feel like it started off too slow almost where like you have a limited run of time. You kind of, and like each episode is only 45 minutes ish. So I'd I think rather episode four, episode four was like 30. It's like 34, 35 minutes. Yeah. They it was cut one short. So that makes it even more noticeable that it was kind of slow at parts, but like once it got going, it's like all the action happened in, the, in like the last two episodes or last three or last. Yeah. No, two last and two, two, two and, and a half. half. And, and that half. was, that was kind of annoying. And Initially, I was kind of annoyed that the focus was more on Reva and not on Obi-Wan, just because it's the Obi-Wan miniseries. And, you know, but like as it went on, I was like, oh, actually, this is cool. Like, she's an awesome character with, who had a full arc throughout the entire miniseries. So I kind Very of understood. Much so. I understood why they did that. But as I was going through it, I'm like, Huh, this is weird. Why are we spending so much time here and not with Obi-Wan and Leia? Agreed. 
Agreed. And I, I, I like the arc that they went with her that, you know, she was secretly plotting her revenge against Vader for killing the younglings in, in, in Order 66 that, you know, she was in the Jedi Temple and, and all of that. I, I, I like that little spin on it. You know, I thought that was um, rather interesting. Um, I mean, but I do, agree, I do agree that there were there were certain times where it was almost like she. I don't want to say it was like the third sister was was the star, the focus of the series, but there were times where it, def- it definitely felt like it when you know everyone is there for one thing and one thing only, and that's Obi Wan. Yeah, and I think it's kind of cool because the Inquisitors are former jedi well some of them are former jedi yes and you know she we saw that she from the first episode we saw that she was force sensitive so it's like i wonder what that backstory is there and right. we got the answer we got the answer yeah we she got the was answer. trained in the jedi temple yep it was pretty cool one cool part about it is um so there's a game there's a game i want you to play actually a video game uh star wars jedi fallen order it's really good it's like an open world game where you're you play a character who kind of looks eerily like sam darnold i really random but he does he looks just it's weird it's uncanny but um he's one of the last remaining jedi you know he's out in hiding and he's trying to find the he's trying to find like some a secret holocron that could that's a map to all the force sensitive children in the galaxy and he would he's trying to like rebuild the jedi order almost and at the end of that game spoiler alert you go to fortress inquisitorius the same way that obi-wan did in the show i like that uh, underwater and everything That's i'm like wait a, i'm like wait a minute i've done this before we've been here before it was actually kind of cool that it was kind of a callback to it. So I don't know if you uh, if you know this as well. Uh, there were some actually some big time cameos uh, in in the series. So, and I had actually picked this up before I even like did research on it. I was like, he looks fucking familiar. And well, I was. I'll tell you what. I was shocked that Kumon Johnny was in this fucking show. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, Dinesh from Silicon Valley. Yep. is in this is in this TV show and what a great uh casting as his character as like a fake Jedi comic relief character and and Haja was great yeah I liked him a lot I liked him he was, a he was lot fun. he was really comic relief yes but actually turns out to have a really uh, good redemption story and how he changes from you know going from street level con artist to his uh you know faking the ways of the force to actually doing good at the, at the end of the series and make sure yep. that Leia gets home. Uh, I really, really good. Really, really yep. good. I liked, I liked it a lot. Um, we had uh flea from red hot chili peppers as, yeah. as the guy that's kidnapping Leia, which I, I, I looked and I was like, is that who I think it is? Cause he looks really familiar. And I looked, I was like, Holy shit. It I know. Is. I'm like, Flea? Really? Yep. Yep. So we had Flea. We had Zach Braff as Freck. He was the guy that was transporting 
uh, Obi-Wan and Leia on, I think it was, oh, what was the name of the planet? Was it Mapuzo? I think it was. Oh, is that the guy, like the desert planet? Yes. He's the guy that's like a, a Nazi sympathizer, basically. Correct. Correct. He's the one that's driving the transport ship where the um, where the stormtroopers get in with yep. Obi-Wan and Leia in the back. Yes. That character who's driving the transport ship, that's Zach Braff. Who, who really? Him. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't tell with all the all the makeup and whatever. Exactly. But, yeah, Zach Braff. Exactly. That's kind of cool. Very cool. I, I, I like that a lot. Of I'm course, a big fan of, of Scrubs. Yeah, love Scrubs. Love Scrubs. Scrubs is a great show for anybody who hasn't watched it. Uh, of course... And then we have the returns. Uh, Joel Edgerton as Uncle Owen. Amazing. Amazing that he was back. Uh, Bonnie Peace as, of course, um, as Aunt Buru. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It was very, very End of Revenge of the Sithy. And I just truly, truly adored that, I have to say. Even though it was um, 10 years after. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, Jimmy Spitz back as Bill Ghana. Yep. It looks like he hasn't aged a day. Like literally. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he hasn't aged a day. And we did see Anthony Daniels, C3PO. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that, that we did that C3PO was in the series. Yeah. Very briefly. He was on Alderaan, right? Yes. Yep. At the, at the party. At the party. Yes. I was like, wait a minute, is that fucking C-3PO? What the hell is he doing here? Very briefly was in it. Very, very, very briefly. Ian McDermott as Emperor Palpatine in it briefly as well. Yep. Of course, go Obviously. figure. Had to have been in it at some spot. But the biggest one before we get to Hayden Christensen, Anakin, and then Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan. Liam Neeson. Is Gwaigon Jin at the very end? I was waiting for that for that Force Ghost cameo. I was like, "Where? When's it happening? Where's it going? Where's it coming?" And there it is. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I lost a little bit of hope. I was like, "Did they really just like tease Gwaigon for him not to come back?" And the second that I saw the back, I was like, "And tears." tears i was honestly i have no no shame no shame i was sobbing (laughs) like 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 a baby i was like oh my god it was nice it was pretty cool i wish that like i wish he had a bigger part in the in the show where like because obi-wan's like trying to find he's not like trying to find himself he's trying to like get over the fact that his padawan is the assistant manager of the galaxy of the empire the the second most evil person in the galaxy and like where did i go wrong master and like he called out like metaphorically i guess to, to master qui-gon a couple times and i'm like so is he going to show up is he going to show up and he just never did well he's also uh, liam neeson is voicing qui-gon for uh tales of the jedi that's coming out Ooh. He's also in it. And that's coming out, I think, at the end of uh 2022, I believe, is when that's coming out. And that's the uh, this is the Star Wars, this is the, the miniseries that has um 
uh, Ahsoka Tano in it. Ooh, I love Ahsoka. I do too. Which, and I don't know if this is going to be, it is an animated series. Okay. So yes, it is. It's it's animate animated miniseries. Oh, so they're probably going to get her voice from Clone Wars. More than likely, yes. More than likely, yes. I was disappointed. I don't know if you ended up playing Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga at all. But they I did not. But they didn't get Liam Neeson to voice Qui-Gon in that game either, which is very annoying. That's uh, very annoying. It was like some, it was like, I think it was the guy that does the narrator voice on in Clone Wars, who is also the Admiral of the... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, I know, I know who it is. I, can't, I just can't think of his name. I think that's who it is. It's who it sounds like anyway. But they got the rest of the Clone Wars uh, voice cast for that with um, Anakin and Obi-Wan and everybody. But anyway, um, yeah. Other than, other than that, like, I kind of wish they did more with Luke also. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think they also left it very open to if they wanted to do a second part of this series because basically they they had basically said if there's a demand to do uh, another part to the series, they're going to do it. Well, and they left it kind of open-ended at the end. Like, they did. They, they very know. much did. Where And that, that's good because they basically said, you know what, if people are watching this and people want more of this, we'll give it to them. And because you got to remember also that Ewan McGregor and and even Hayden Christensen to to a certain extent, they were done with the series after Revenge of the Sith. They were done because of how they were told at the time that, oh, the prequels were terrible. Nobody liked them, blah, 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 blah. But that was from people who were stuck in the original trilogy. Well, the prequels do kind of suck. Some of them do. Some parts of the prequels suck. Well, I mean, there's the best Star Wars movie in the prequels. It's Revenge of the Sith, the best Star Wars movie of all time. There's there's no debate. Um, well, but, actually, there know, is a debate. No, there's because, no there's no debate, Adam. You're, because Empire any, any, Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. Any other answer? Any other answer besides Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith is wrong. Um, but uh, in Ewan McGregor did say this that basically he got when the um, when that generation of kids. Like like us, for example, grew up. We grew up on the prequels. We didn't grow up necessarily on the original trilogy. I mean, we weren't alive. We were alive for episodes one, two, and three. That's really that was the start of you know how we got into an, into Star Wars. Oh shit! It's gonna come back around, and all the kids and like our kids are gonna be like the sequel trilogy is the best trilogy. Please, good God, no! They they will be cultured and they will learn. That Revenge of the Sith is the absolute best, and no, there will be no Empire at least my back. children will. My children, my children will come out like my children will be coming out of the womb, and their first words are going to be: they're going to look around in the hospital. They're just they just came out. They're just looking at the world, and my children, the first thing that they're going to say: "Hello there." No, my children are going to be original trilogy, original trilogy children. So what quotes will be saying from the original trilogy? That's going to top. Hello there. I don't know. Never tell me the odds. That, that's garbage. It's terrible. What do you mean? That's terrible. That's terrible. 
absolutely tragic. You know what I was thinking before we are we are completely dancing around the main point of this conversation and talking about Obi-Wan and Anakin, but an idea of what they could do for the next series, because we saw Darth Maul did not die in Phantom Menace. If we're going off of, you know, everything that's happened in the animated series and the comics and everything like that. Darth Maul somehow survived that, right? Boba Fett somehow didn't die either. Correct. What if Grievous didn't die? Oh my God. What if they magically pull out of their ass that Grievous is still alive and they bring back General Grievous? How would he survive though? I don't know. That's but then how did Darth Maul survive? I think they said it was basically it was sheer hatred that kept him alive or something like that. They could do they could they could do that. They could do that in an in in this sort of series with General Grievous if they really wanted to do that. I mean, they could figure figure something out because everybody thought that that Boba Fett died. That was pretty definitive. I thought I thought Boba Fett was was deader than dead. Yeah. And also, I guess Darth Maul also. Everyone was yeah. like, yeah, no, he got cut in half. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, be me, like- per- me personally, I just want to see General Grievous back so I could hear a little bit of um, <clears throat> General Kenobi. It would be like if they brought back Count Dooku and it's like, what the hell? He got his, he got both of his hands cut off and his yeah. head. Right. Right. But the sheer hatred that, that Count Dooku has for the Jedi Order is what kept him alive and also reattached his head and both of his hands or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, well, listen, they, this is the same people that said, and then Palpatine somehow survived. So I don't know. True. Okay. Can we talk about Anakin and Vader, uh, Anakin and Vader? Can we talk about Obi-Wan and Vader, please? Sure. We've been dancing. We've been dancing around this for the last 15 minutes. Yes. Well, let's get into that then. So the first I mean, battle, first battle that they have, which is kind of, I mean, a little disappointing, just because it was a tease. It was a tease battle. I, I, I honestly, I watched an episode and I said, I literally said to myself, "There's no way that this is how that ends, where Obi Wan is just dragged, is just force dragged through the fire, and it leaves the whole left side scarred up, and that's just kind of it." I, I knew that there was something else coming. I, I just knew it. Yeah. I, mean, I would be made... very disappointed if that was how they how they left it. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's kind of like, well, with how their fight fight, quote unquote, happened in the in a new hope, I was like, oh, well, I guess it's more of the same. Because Obi-Wan, like, he wasn't doing it, he wasn't practicing any of his techniques because he would have gotten hunted down otherwise. You know, his lightsaber was buried in the sand for 10 years. He was just mm-hmm working at a factory on Tatooine and just hanging out. So it makes sense that that fight wasn't as climactic or like Obi-Wan wasn't as full power at that point. But, you know, I love the flashback. The, was it episode three or four where the whole story was based off of that flashback between Anakin and Obi-Wan? Oh, it was, it was the third episode. Yeah. Where yeah, the entire like storytelling was based off of oh, we got the see we got this actually legitimate seat new Hayden Christensen with Anakin. I love that. It was interesting because it was Hayden Christensen, but he had like the the Padawan haircut, 
older older Hayden Christensen trying to play Anakin Te- from as a teenager. Yeah, as 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 a teenager when he was with you know when he was still with Padme. Which and by the way, the little Padme undertones they had in the entire series, like at the, at the last episode when Obi Wan was talking to Leia about her mother, her birth mother, and her birth father, I was just like, "Oh, please, just don't do this to me." Yeah, honestly, I do see a lot of Padme and Anakin both in Leia, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like personality-wise. Hey, if they want to bring bring back Natalie Portman, I'm down. Me too. Where's Very that? Where's down. that flashback? True. True. She can come back. She can come back as no. Well, no, she can't come back as a force ghost, but she can, can come you as imagine a ghost. she can come back as a ghost. Just I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, if, if 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 the force is sexually transmitted, then I guess she can come back as a force oh ghost. My oh, my God. Well, it's true. It's true. What do you want me to say? She had think, twins. I don't think the force is sexually transmitted. Did the fo- did the force impregnate Padme? No. It's not, so it's not, it's not, it's genetic. It's not sexually transmitted. I, I, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Although, you feel, honestly. You, you, you feel me, Jelly Bean. It's, although it does seem kind of random who is force sensitive and who isn't, depending on. Yeah, yeah, very much there so. There was that one, so. there was that random kid in The Last Jedi who, know, who knew how to use the force. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. Remember that on the on the casino planet. Anyway, that's yes. besides the point. All right. So the next um, next time we get Anakin or Vader with Obi Wan is when um, we had Reva who placed the tracker on Leia's droid. I think, it's, I think it was Lola. Lola was the name of the droid. Yeah, Lola. Yeah. And they tracked them down to Jabim. And first of all, I would think, and I'm, this is just me, but I would think if they are after a prisoner, right, with the amount of stormtroopers that the Empire has at their disposal, I would think that they would send more than about 50 or 70 stormtroopers. Just saying. Yeah. Also, the fact that they escaped Fortress Inquisitorius basically... In like a coat, in like a big coat. Yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> Are yeah. you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No stormtroopers like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing here? You're not in, you're not in uniform. Like, seriously. Yeah. That was a little bit. Yeah. To me. I, that, and that was episode four. That was the shortest episode. So all, all it really was was you know going to fortress and inquisitorius and getting leia and then the whole fight that goes on there and it's just kind of it yeah it's kind of it although there was a cool scene where obi-wan stopped the water yes 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 that was that was sick yeah and then and then drowned the uh the stormtroopers but i thought it was really 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 cool i was really well shot and really well done um but yes episode five we get Vader goes to Jabim. That whole sequence with the transport ship and Vader using the force on that. Oh, God. That so was cool. insane. I was like, whoa, that's sick. I'm and like, then, I've never seen this before. Like, it's crazy yeah. because the, the force in the movies and the force in like video games, there's so, there was like, and comics, 
and other stuff, there's like such cognitive or there's a lot of dis- dissonance mm-hmm. between the uh, how strong it is or how much effort it takes. Because like in some thing, in some forms of media, the force is like super like it doesn't take a lot to to use. But in some movies, you have to like concentrate your entire body for five minutes just to get your lightsaber out of the out of the snow or something like that um i mean maybe that's just because luke isn't really wasn't at the time uh trained in the ways of the force but like they just made it seem like a lot more effort was involved to use it so it was nice to see vader to just know that like vader's like i know how to fucking use the force i am more powerful than you can ever imagine and he was like a prodigy like a force prodigy yeah and you know it was funny because you know you had the whole gag essentially because it was like he pulled down and crushed the transport ship and then the real transport ship left <laughs> right after I'm like oh I see what you did there loved it loved it I, I thought that was sick and then of course you have um uh third sister coming back trying to get a revenge on Vader Vader well, I was, senses I was it. just like what do you think you what do you think was gonna happen? Right. And, and, and I, I literally said that, like, I, I said that at the beginning of, of the series, I was like, well, w- w- or when we found out that uh, the third sister was involved in Order 66 as a uh, as a youngling in the Jedi Temple, I said to my, I said to myself, like, wait, wouldn't Vader know this? Like, I would think that Vader would have had, you know, a sniff of it. Well, he was there. She is that she's well, that's right. He was there. Exactly. And that she is, you know, somewhat force sensitive, that he could sense the force in her. So, you know, maybe he was able to put two and two together in that regard. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but eventually, yeah, yeah, Bader catches her red-handed and stabs her, for lack of a better phrase. And no, well, yeah. we get the return of the Grand Inquisitor, which yep. I'm still trying to figure out how the hell he survived, but okay, sure. Well, listen, they pretended that uh, Reva getting stabbed wasn't that big of a deal going from episode five to ep- to episode six. So who knows? True. True. That's, that's, that's very true. Um, but uh, yeah, episode five was, was great. Episode five. I really, really loved in the, in, in the series. It was really, really, really good. But then, but then episode six. Yep. That's where all the cool shit happened. My good God. So where, where do we even start? Where do, where do we want to start with this? So Reva, Reva goes to Tatooine to find Luke after the uh, if she figures out that Luke is there. I'm assuming she probably knows that Luke is Vader's kid. I I would make that assumption. I wonder how many people actually know that that Darth Vader has children. The Emperor, probably. I guess. I mean, I guess like anybody with the Force can sense other people who are Force sensitive. Probably, yeah. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. Um, and Vader probably too. Well, obviously, he somebody had to have told him because then he right because then he would have told Luke in Episode Five, correct? And or in Empire, unless unless he unless he sensed it out, and then you know that was that was it, or maybe the Emperor told him. I don't know. True, true. We don't know. We don't. We we don't know. Um. But 
So Kenobi then leaves the um, the path network and he leaves and knows that he has to face Vader again. And I don't know the name of the planet that they went to and they had the, the, the dual line, I forget. I don't know if they, they ever really should. It. They really should just like have a lower third every time they go to a new planet. So yeah, I don't ever think that. they even said what the name of the planet was, but uh, it, does, it doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, Vader, of course, follows him because, of course, I think Vader knows that, you know, that's something that has to be settled between the two of them. He tells the Grand Inquisitor, you know, follow Kenobi, prepare a ship. He's going. That's it. Leave me to it. Get there. And that set scene where you have Vader getting off the ship, seeing Obi-Wan, and then the walk over, and then eventually you get that panoramic shot where you have Obi, Obi-Wan Kenobi on one end, Darth Vader on the other with the moon in the background with the night sky and like the mountains over, uh, over like in the background of the shot. Unbelievable shot. Like I was just like, whoa. Like it, that's what I knew. Shit was about to get fucking real. I'm like, this is so cool that it's so great that that scene and that sequence was at night. Also, yes, that really, yep, that was even better. It made it. And they better. relied, they relied on just the pure landscape too. Like they didn't have like in episode three where you had all the lava and everything like that. It, it was more, you know, you had your special effects, you know, very much in play. Whereas here. They just did pure landscape. And yeah, your spheres are special effects and you had your CGI and stuff like that. But they just kept it very simple, which I liked. Yeah. And the fight itself was really good. Uh, the fight itself was, was amazing. And so appar- apparently, um, Hayden Christensen wasn't the suit for the fight. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. He, he wasn't in the suit for the fight. Well, that explains why, like, when, well, at the end of the fight, when... Well, I want to say that before we get to the end of the fight. Okay. Before we get to the end of the fight, there's something that I want to say. Um, when Darth Vader says that, when he says to Obi-Wan that he's gotten stronger and that he's regained his sense of the Force, like, I was like, oh, yes. I, I needed that. Like, that reassur- reassurance from Vader of, like, Oh wow! You know, you 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 found yourself again, Obi Wan. Like, yep. yeah, like that. I like that a lot. Um, then Obi Wan gets buried by Vader. Vader thinks it's done, which I it was Vader having the high ground, wasn't it? Vader finally got the high ground. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and buries him. Then Obi Wan realizes who the fuck he is. Uses the Force to break out of that. Chases down Vader, and they go at it again. And Adam, maybe the most visually stunning scene in Star Wars history. History. Obi-Wan with the boulders. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, my God. I had goosebumps. I was like, that is insane this is an unbelievable shot with the the fact that like 
we're now seeing with a lot of these newer shows and like we're seeing the the real power of the force in live action that we're like it kind of lines up now Mm -hmm. between animated stuff and video games yeah and now live action is it it all makes sense it's all consistent yeah and i think they've they've really like we've seen in several star wars films that they've over relied on cgi thank you george lucas um fuck you george lucas well, we also miss George Lucas after the nonsense that was the uh, the new trilogy. But then again, I uh, I digress. Do you really want George Lucas to do to do that? I would rather George Lucas uh, have control over Disney because the re- three the three Disney movies sucked. Well, it's because they didn't have one director. But that's besides the point. They didn't have one director for all of them. Okay, okay, it does. It didn't matter. JJ, it, it was whether it was JJ Abrams or, or Ryan Johnson. They, it both sucked. They, they all three sucked. Uh, that's that's besides besides the point. Um, yeah, that 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 visual with Obi with Obi Wan, they they actually did a really nice job. I thought in the series where they they didn't use CGI all that much. They used it where they had to, and I thought that was you know brilliant. Of course, you know that you have to use CGI in a series like that, but there's certain things where you just have you know your character actors. You know, there's certain things where you don't you don't need the CGI. You can just rely on pure landscape and pure visuals and pure shots. Well, it's like the old movies. It's right. like the original it, right. trilogy. Exactly. Exactly right. You know, they, they didn't have that technology. But now it's like you have it, but you don't want to overdo it. And they didn't overdo it, which which I liked. And I, I liked that a lot. Um, but then we get Obi-Wan getting after Vader, cutting him open. And that exchange. It was pretty cool. Oh, well, we said before the series, were we going to see Anakin without the mask? We did see Anakin without the mask. We, we did. We did see that. But the makeup they did on him. Holy shit. Yeah, that must that really must not be comfortable <laughs> at no. all. No, I, I really want to know how long he was in that makeup chair for. I mean, yeah. my God, he was caked. In gray oh, makeup. Yes. Oh yes. And then you have to be in that hot suit. I that sounds awful. Yeah. No. Not. Not great. Not great. Maybe that's um, why they filmed that night because he's in all black with heavy makeup on his face. Yeah, I would have died of heat exhaustion in that suit. So apparently, I'm just looking this up. Um, Apparently, the planet that they had the fight on was um, Malachar 5, which is a location in Knights of the Old Republic 2. Really? Well, I've never played Knights of the Old Republic. And was also in um, the episode of Twilight of the Apprentice of uh, Rebels. Oh. Malachar 5. that, That is where people are speculating. That is the planet where the fight was. Seriously, just put lower thirds where the what the planets are of what the planets are. It's not that hard. Yeah, really, it's it's not that tough. But okay, so we get we get to the fight and we get to the the discussion of Obi Wan. With I thought it was really cool how the the voice modulation, how it like went back and forth. Adam, that was amazing. It was so cool. Ah. Uh, Amazing. You're the mix of 
Hayden, and you're the mix of James Earl Jones. Yep. Incredible how they met. I, I thought that was genius. It was like, seamless too. Like you didn't even very hear, seamless. you didn't hear any cuts necessarily. Yep. Nothing. It was flawless. It, for for audio people like us, like I was listening to that and I was just trying to see, oh, where do they fuck this up? Where do they fuck this up? They didn't do it. They did not fuck it up. I was like, nope. wow. Un- yeah, it was great. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And there was the one, the one line of that entire um that entire exchange, which really got me, was you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Yep. I was like, whoa. And the look, the look. I got to say, Hayden Christensen, he has his eyes just in that sequence alone. And the way that they are able, I thought there's also a very like visually stunning thing that they did was they would change the glow of the saber that was on Vader. Like you'd have moments where you'd have the, the aura of blue that was on Vader. Then you'd have your moments where it would be just the bright red, like kind of signaling, you know, that maybe there was a little bit of Anakin Skywalker that was left. Yep. Then, but then it was Anakin is dead. It's Vader with the pure red. I thought that was genius. I thought that was beautifully done. I think it's interesting because it's like, where does the where does the change happen? Because obviously we know that Anakin, there is Anakin still there because he's mm-hmm. the one that kills the Emperor or right. should have killed the Emperor if right. the sequel trilogy didn't happen. Fair. Um, and you know, ends up saving the saving the galaxy, defeating the rebellion, or I mean, uh, defeating the empire himself. But I think, he, I think it was really cool because I think that was one of those where I thought it was funny, actually, where uh, Obi-Wan was like, all right, goodbye, Darth. I'm like, that's so weird. Bye. <laughs> Darth. <laughs> and, so- turned, and, and honestly, the emotion that was in that scene was just it was like stupid. It was just oh, really was... weird that he ended it with Darth. Why did he call him Darth? Just say goodbye, Vader. Like, why Darth? I would I, I would have really gotten a, a nice little reaction out of that if it was just goodbye. It was if it was goodbye, Anakin. Yeah, that would have been good. I, I think that could have been a tweak that I could I would have made, but, well, I think but at the same really time, like it was like he did say, he did accepting. say though that my friend, my friend is truly dead. Yeah. So maybe yeah, that, that he was, was accepting like, the fact that Anakin's gone. And he's not right, going to be. A, he's not going to turn gone, back. That Anakin is gone, and he found that he found some level of peace, peace and closure in that. That his friend is really dead. That Anakin is 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 gone, and that he is just now Vader. And that in turn is what gets him to see Qui Gon as a Force ghost. That he found peace. And how Guagon said that he was always there. He just needed to be ready to see him. And yeah. ready to see him implied that he needed to find peace. And that peace that he needed to find was with Anakin. That there was always that 
half open book with that. But then he was able to close that, realize that Anakin is not coming back, that he is Vader, that he is completely turned. And now that he's found that that peace within himself, he's then able to see Qui-Gon and fulfill the training that Yoda sent him to Tatooine in order to do for 10 years, which on unbelievable how they were how they were able to just completely just you know tie that loose end together yep from almost 20 years ago i mean Revenge of the sith was 2003 and here yeah. we are 19 years later they're able to tie the, the series did a great job i think of just tying several loose ends together just from the series in general and just really connecting things really really well yeah and honestly let's end on kind of future hopes for this mm-hmm. For yeah. like maybe a season two, if they do that, um, maybe jump a bit further where you see like maybe like an old, older versions of Luke and Leia, you know, more f- like more space adventures with Obi-Wan and Leia, you know, further building on that. You know, the arc between him and Vader is kind of done. I don't know if they're going to run into each other too much if they do do a season two, but like maybe trying to build more on the relationship between the kids would be, would be interesting. I think there is something that can be, can be done with that. I do agree that I think the whole Vader arc with Obi-Wan is done. Like, I don't think that we'll see if there is a part two to the series. I don't think we'll see Hayden Christensen back, which makes me sad because Hayden was incredible in this. Um, But I do think there is an arc that can be done with an older Luke and an older Leia. Maybe, you know, when when um, Obi-Wan was talking to uh, to Uncle Owen about how Luke, when he reaches the age, he needs that training. Maybe there's something that's done where you do something like that before. Well, you I think to, they're talking before they're you talking get to about, a new hope. I think they're talking about a new hope because well, that's what I think. They were, that's maybe what they were talking about. That Then, yes, then you really can't. You really can't do that unless you're doing something that's pre New Hope, but I don't think they don't can't think do anything can. with Luke. I don't think they can do anything with Luke, honestly, because Obi Wan doesn't. Yeah, you kind of did it. With, you kind of did it in a New Hope, didn't you? Yeah, that's basically what it. So really, it would be Leia. It would be Leia. Yeah, you would do something something else with 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 Leia, um, but you could also do something with Qui Gon. That could also be something that you do. You could also bring in Master Yoda. Maybe there's just Yoda's hanging out on Dagobah. He's just chilling. He's like by himself. You could bring you could have something where Obi-Wan goes to goes to Dagobah and sees Yoda. You could also maybe (laughs) this would be fucking something if they were to bring back Mace Windu for for something like that, which would be very interesting. But I I I honestly I think the way that that you could do it is something with Obi-Wan and with Gwygon. I think that's the natural arc of the story, but you have to get Liam Neeson in to do it. And I think it's, it, it's a step in the right direction that he's doing the animated series uh, later this year. And that he came back, even if it was for a 30 second cameo for, um, for Obi-Wan. I think that is a step in the right direction that maybe he would want to get back into it. Maybe. Yeah, because when I thought, or when I was playing uh, Lego Star Wars, and I saw that Liam Neeson wasn't voicing Qui-Gon Jinn, I was like, oh, he must have realized how bad the Phantom Menace was. I was like, I'm never associating myself with Star Wars again. 
but you know, here we are where I think you, it's kind of like, you know, they're mending fences a little bit. I think so. I think, I think it goes back to what I said at the top of the discussion was 10, 15 years ago, maybe the actors involved were like, yeah, I'm never going to do star Wars again. Cause I was just told how bad it was. But now you're realizing that the people that are our age, you know, in the 18 to like 30 year old age bracket grew up on those prequel trilogy, uh, the prequel trilogy. And you're realizing that this, this generation, the real generation of star Wars fans. Now that's the series that they grew up on. So now it's like, there's the craving for more of that, more of that content for more Ewan McGregor, for more Hayden Christensen, for more Gwygon, for more Darth Maul. Natalie never, Portman. Never, ever, ever more Jar Jar Binks. Never. Well, honestly, it's not really their fault. It's not the actors and actresses' fault. Oh, no. That the prequels were bad. It's the writing, it's, it's the CG. Yep. Yep. It's, yep. Yeah. We've and like some of the thousand times how Phantom Menace was the CG in Phantom Menace was just so overdone and fucking terrible. And all the racism. Also, oh, the, under, the underlying racial tropes were not good. No, not good at all. But again, that's not the that's not the actor's fault. It's the writing. No. It's yep. the writing. It's the writing and the character design and all that stuff. Yep, yep, not good, not good. Um, but my hope, my hope, and I think I said I said it before, um, you get Grievous. Just bring bring back General Grievous. Grievous. Count Dooku, Django Fett, whoever, whatever, yeah. whatever villain you want. Darth Maul. Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. Darth Maul, I think, is I think is the most seamless one. I think that is the one that makes the most sense. You bring back Darth Maul and you do a buildup where Darth Maul takes on Obi-Wan one more time and you end it. Yeah, I mean, finally, Darth- and you finally kill off Darth Maul. Well, Star Wars, you never finally kill off anybody. True. Very true. But I think that... Very true. Star- we thought the Emperor was dead, and then there he was as Ray's grandfather. So... Yeah. Ugh, so stupid. So fucking dumb. Beyond stupid. I mean, Darth Maul's just kind of chilling. He's, like, running his own crime empire or whatever, as far as, like, Rebels is concerned. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. They have to figure out a reason... For him to, uh, maybe he like kidnaps Leia. I have no idea what they would do. Yeah, I don't that. know if you can. I don't know if you can do the whole kidnapping thing again. I don't know what they would do to make. I mean, maybe Darth Maul knows where Obi Wan is. He could. He could come back from the dead and and you know hunt down. Maybe this is the way. That you, maybe this is the way you do it. No, Darth Maul's still alive. At the no, moment, well, at the this moment. is the way you do it. That you know after Phantom Menace. He's still alive, but is you know in hiding. Somehow, some way, somehow, you work it where Vader and Darth Maul work something out where Darth Maul goes and hunts down Obi Wan. But you can only have you can only have one Sith at once. Well, Darth Maul is not really no, it's two, but two, two. Okay, so yeah, you have Palpatine, Palpatine, and you have well, I mean, wouldn't it be? Well, no, because Darth Sidious is dead. No. Darth Sidious is Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, Who? Who Count is the Dooku? one? Oh, God. Who is oh, uh, Darth Asajj- Plagueis? Darth Plagueis. The Wise? Darth, Darth Plagueis, Plagueis, the Wise. Well, there was, like, 
there was a Saj Ventress. She's yeah. a, she was force sensitive. Yep. I mean, they brought back Darth Maul in Clone Wars. I think that's canon, right? Yeah, it is. So you don't need any like excuse about bringing it about like him surviving at the end of Phantom Menace. We already know that like he survived and he's just doing his own thing. Right. Galaxy. Right. So maybe, maybe there's a way you work it where you have Darth Vader and Darth Maul where Vader says to Maul, I need you to go finish this. But Darth Maul is not a Sith anymore. He's just a dude with a lightsaber. Correct. He's force sensitive. That's correct. So maybe that's the way you do it. So the rule of two doesn't apply. Yeah, maybe that's how you do it in sort of like some bounty hunter sort of way without him actually being a bounty hunter. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. Love talking about Star Wars with you, Bird. Yeah, it's a great time. What a series. What a yeah. series. Now I'm gonna get now I'm gonna get in bed. I'm gonna watch episode episode six again. It's my second favorite episode. Oh, never mind. Yeah, that episode, episode six, six episode six of Obi Wan. I was like, my second favorite episode. I love Return of the Jedi. If I was going to be watching a full Star Wars movie right now, it would be Revenge of the Sith. I still haven't seen Attack of the Clones. I've, I don't know why. What? Yeah. Uh, you're, not really, you're not really missing much, but you haven't seen Attack of the Clones? It's crazy. I've seen, I've seen like parts of it, but I've never seen the whole movie. Oh, just watch the whole thing. Watch the whole thing. Like you were the chosen one. It was something you would destroy the Sith, not join them. Bring balance to the force. Not leave it in darkness. I mean, there were some cool scenes in Attack of the Clones too, like like the arena and Geonosis and the fight with Count Dooku. And that's you and my brother Anakin. I loved you. I hate you. I refuse to do the, the, the voice right now. I'm not doing the the voice hurts that that doing that would hurt. Oh, a it lot. hurts. Yeah, it hurts. I, if it was like five o'clock, I could probably dig down and do it. But at eleven oh one, yeah, no, I I don't have that right now. Fair enough. You well, don't have a against me. You have done that yourself. I my- want peace, freedom, and justice to my new empire. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Well, you are lost. <laughs> you, were, you were supposed to fill in the blank, Adam, on, 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 on my quote. Come on, Adam. Let's see, let's see you do your best Obi-Wan. Come on. Let's <sighs> see you do it. I'll do it again. I'll do, I'll do it again. Here we go. Here we go. I brought peace, freedom, and justice to my new empire. Democracy. What about democracy? No, not is it that one? No. Your oh. new empire. Oh. I've only seen that movie once. Anakin, my allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy. Democracy. What about democracy? Oh, I've seen I've seen that movie about 30 times. I might watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch it tonight. Fuck it. All right, I'll make it 31. Oh, it's so good, Adam. It's so good. It's so incredible. I love it. I got to do one more. I got to do one more. One more general grievance. Oh, you know what? Sign off, and then for the end of the show, instead of saying, "I'll say bye bye right now," and then for the end of the show, I'll do, I'll do general grievance. Well, okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Best Black Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time. General Kenobi. Bye bye.